Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. This is Journeys with Jen, and I'm Jennifer Griego. And I climb like hell through the brush and the bramble. Even though I had my doubts, told myself don't look down. And I turned that hill into a pile of gravel. It was only a Today, I am here with my dad and my brother, David. Surprise, surprise. The king is back. The (coughs) big brother, David. I said that. Yeah, you said brother. But he is recently paroled from Creighton University in Mohoho. Moha? Omaha? Omaha. Omaha. His family Omaha. has issues. Yep. And uh, had a great semester. It's been great having you home. You've been home now yeah, for... Yeah, it's been okay. Yeah, he really, I don't want to oversell it. Wow. <laughs> In fact, this is what Jennifer said when he first got here recently. You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. <laughs> she, okay, okay. First off, Joe would never compliment me at the very that's beginning. That's not true. Mm, yeah. You guys have had fun since you've been home. Agree, disagree. Well, but, uh, soon enough, David and I will both be gone, and Timmy will be the only child. Yeah, poor Timmy. He's going to jump off a bridge. <laughs> yep. It's going to be sad. Well, that brings me to this one, if you guys are both gone. You spend time with your family? Sure I do. Good. Because a man who doesn't spend time with his family can never be a real man. See? Very true. And that's... Uh, Pretty gutsy to say after spending two weeks with you guys at the cabin. It was a long two weeks. It was like six. It was days. awesome. It was Christmas and then um, New Year's. Some snow. It was beautiful, and uh, it was awesome. But okay, so once again, somebody interrupted your train of thought, Jennifer. Which Gee, is that's a shocker. Kind of like two neurons firing without synapses. <laughs> but <laughs> but what, why, why, do is empty space? why do you why do you have your brother on the podcast? Then? Yeah, I don't know anymore. Um, well, David somehow, by literally the luck of the draw, got a desert sheep tag in Arizona. He drew the tag, and he delayed our trip by a day because he took for freaking ever to kill a ram. And then he's going to tell us how he did that. I'm sorry, Jen. <laughs> I actually hunt. I don't show up for 30 minutes whenever it's time to kill something. I'm out there for the full experience. Okay. Oh, there's a quote the that might come back. The full experience. That quote might you come back know. to bite him. You would never know what that's like, Jen. Would I? Because it seems to be my full journey is well, on YouTube. It's called Undefined. It's oh, an wow. hour and 30 minutes long. Hey, I'm Jennifer Grego. I've killed four sheep. Actually, five sheep. Soon to be six. And uh, I'm the king of all the sheeps. All the sheeps, all the times. And <laughs> so, uh, a lot of the sheeps. So last year, Jennifer had this tag graciously yes, given to him. Um, from Hi, Nicole. I'm Jennifer. I'm a girl. No, Grace is given <laughs> to... Well, well, Jenna's uh, Jen just been exposed. That's good. That male. answers some questions. Good. It does. I just lost a bet. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Graciously <laughs> given to her by Ryan Rimza from Nicole Rimza, his sister, for the Unit 45A, which is in the Kofas. And yes, in typical Jennifer, very blessed fashion... You hunted for almost a day mm. and killed the biggest ram taken out of the Kofas in 10, 10 years, years, to the best of our knowledge. 
Wow. Yeah. And Which, it was one of those deals where Matt and I <coughs> had been scouting for several Matt days. Matt we did a podcast with him and his father. Randy. Yes. yes. And uh, the ram that we were after went into the 45B unit and was over there for a week. And then I came home and got you. We went out and um, we were stalking another ram and the big ram came back into the unit. And you, as you usually do, made a great shot. Whack and stack. Made, yes, uh, Matt helped us make a great stock, and you got an awesome ram. Yeah. And then fast forward to this year when I put David in for 45B. And I think, so David had 12 bonus points, including a loyalty point and hunter education. So I've been putting him in for 10 years. And I honestly don't know how many of those years I put you into the draw. I think usually I was putting you in for a bonus point. Maybe I put you in for two years total mm-hmm. for, for the draw. And this year I put you in, and you drew it. So... Pretty awesome. What are the odds? You talked to the Game and Fish guy. What was yeah, the so I, I talked to the Game and Fish guy, and we were uh, checking in my sheep, getting it scored, all this stuff, and he Wait, said- Wait, you just ruined the ending. Oh, surprise, surprise. I got a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> you said it earlier. It took him forever. Oh, yeah. Just kidding. I ruined the ending. All right. Let's, let's, let's make this a very clean thing that's not interrupted all the time. No, that's not going to happen. Go. Okay. So we ended up getting it scored- Measured everything, and I was talking to the Game of Fish guy, and he was saying that the odds of drawing a desert bighorn sheep tag in the state of Arizona, there are 10,000 applicants. There are 150 tags, something like that. Interesting. So, so it's amazing. about 1%. Yeah, 1%. Yep. So it's really kind of a gamble. Although but AC said 10%. AC said 10%. Who said 10%? AC. He's going to fill your guts full of lead. Who's Remember AC? Him? Snakes, snakes. <laughs> I don't know no snakes. snakes. You guys are doing Home Alone. But yeah. so it's kind of a gamble, except... Gambling? Who's anything about gambling? It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. There you go. Hangover. Sorry, the other two were from Godfather. But um, so you drew the tag. I did draw the tag. It was awesome. We um, enlisted the help of Matt Lillenquist. Yep. Recently paroled. Yep. Let that sink in. That's sad. Yeah, but too bad. It's not true. He's, he's just been getting out of rehab, but... But he didn't want to be on this podcast babysitting his son. So, his three kids. He's the creeper. Well. Apparently, Miles. Miles <laughs> Finch. in trouble. <laughs> Miles Finch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He wrote Call a story about a peach. One more time. <laughs> <laughs> You're an elf. Uh... Well, hope you guys watch Christmas movies or else that's going to be really awkward. Yeah, obviously, we spent a fair amount <laughs> of time watching Christmas movies. But uh, we might bug Matt anyway. He said he's not available for a phone call, but we'll see how that pans out. Yeah. All right. So go ahead, Jen. Get back to your podcast. Thanks for letting me do that. <laughs> well, um, when David did draw this tag, when did you get notified? Like August? I got notified in July? July. Yes, I have a video of that. And how was that done? That was awesome because my dad, who knew who drew the tag... Why do you look out the window? When when you say my dad, and I'm sitting across the table from him, but you look out the window like he's outside. Dude, well, because you don't know who our dad is. Dude, the whole story of my life is daddy wasn't there. All right, roll, <laughs> roll the clip. I might. I don't think I have that one. but uh, Daddy wasn't well, there. Well, yeah. my dad like got the charge to his credit card for a sheep tag. A lot tag. of stuff that I bought. Yep. Well, but I, like, I don't have daddy wasn't there, but I do have this from Dr. Evil. My father would womanize. He would drink. <laughs> He would make outrageous claims like he invented the question mark. <laughs> See, that rings so true to us, except my dad's outrageous claim is that he invented gravity. So. Yeah. 
Oh, whatever. <laughs> this, that's not very nice. But I'll give you this one too. Butter. Butter. But he no. fits in inside most overhead <laughs> storage bins. Yeah, and that's how this they usually call me. Fasha, his dad. Dad is Fasha. Oh, his dad. Oh, his father. <laughs> Those are awesome powers, of course. Yeah. Our but family watches way too many movies. Yes. It's kind of an issue. I know. Movies. And they do say this oh, about you a lot, Jennifer. Well, you have to admit, she is rather mannish. <laughs> She's a man after he exposed That's not true. your identity. Do you want to be human. on here? I'll take you out. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so, well, anyway, wait, what David. Are we supposed to talk about? No, the good news is one day when you guys go to f- counseling, they'll be able to play back these podcasts, and you guys and can just, just find where all the damage came from. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Where you know where all the damage came from. Yeah, your mom isn't here to defend herself. Well, when. <laughs> no. Well, anyway, when David drew this dog, obviously it's very exciting. It's very rare that yep. someone <clears throat> as 1%, young as twenty, one percent, yes, would draw the tag. Um, but you were kind of almost shunned <laughs> by a couple people. Oh, that is for sure. But we didn't finish what my dad, what father, I can set up oh, because okay. he no, okay. did like an any mini mini mo. Well, I checked my credit card. Yeah, there was a charge for. It would be equal to a Desert Bighorn Sheep Tag. And I thought that I drew it because I have 28 bonus points, I think. It could be 27. And <clears throat> turned out it wasn't me. And so that I put, well, Jennifer, I put in for Rocky Mountain Bighorn because she's already killed a desert. I put Timmy in for a bonus point. So it was either you, or David, mom. or your mother. And when I got the you, result. You, David. Yeah. When I got the results, I told you to get did. <laughs> Yikes, dude. Yikes. You okay? Did you have a little stroke right there? <laughs> oh, man. That's not good. Okay. Get some right. water, please. Uh, you want to be daddy? Is that it? Oh, Number two. You want to wear the daddy pants? Huh? You going to cry? <laughs> you going to cry? Awesome powers. Um, anyway, I did kind of a eeny, meeny, miny, moe thing. Yeah, and I won. Yeah, well, you yeah, should do the tag. So. Well, I, think <laughs> I don't know if you won. I won. You were targeted to win. Well, it's actually quite impressive how my dad could figure out any, meeny, miny, moe and end up at the right yeah. one, you know? But that, that is true. Whatever. All right. So. Yeah, but, you but yeah, we did lose a lot of friends. Shunned. Yeah, I was shunned by one of our friends, Jim Melody, who was putting in for the same unit, 45B. And he's been putting in for a long time, like upwards of, what, 30 years or something, right, Dad? Well, Maybe but bonus Maybe. point max. I think is like thirty. But <clears throat> so he said. He said you stole your tag. I stole his tag. And yeah. his good friend Mike Miller returned the favor to you. Oh yeah, that was great. We can get into that. Yeah, let's get into yeah, that. We'll get into that. But before okay. we get into that, um, the whole like it's just so rare for David to get this tag, and I want to talk about it. It's because I got the tag donated to me, and it was obviously rare. Also, that Nicole drew her tag. Um, but a lot of people who get those tags are older because they've been putting in for so many years and then the bonus point system was appointed or whatever. And a lot of people, especially now that are drawing the tags are older. The guy who was hunting in the unit that I was hunting in last year, he was seventies, right? Something like that. And he'd been putting in for <coughs> like 30 years. Yeah, the other guy that had the 45A tag, yeah. which David had 45B this year, you had 45A last year. The guy that had one of the guys that had the forty five A tag, there were four of those guys. There were only two people that have tags in forty five B. Right. The other guy that had the forty five A tag was eighty three years old. This year. This year. Mm-hmm. And and these and hunts he was, are tough. He was hiking circles around you too. So. <laughs> was that the person who was following me? I mean, you had a weird thing in your walker, <laughs> so you were guy. It was caught in, in a rock. Yes, not yeah. Iraq or in Afghanistan. Yeah. 
Thought you were in. You That's were not nice. That's not respectful. Yeah. It was weird. But anyway, yeah, it is very oh, rare that David nice. that people draw this tag. Like David, like we said, it's one percent. And the fact that David drew it was just crazy. But he was he's young in shape and he'll get into his whole dude, journey. Freaking jacked and tan, dude. You're not tan, you're <laughs> in Omaha. Are you kidding me? You're I'm, so pale. I'm jacked and tan now. No, you're not. Jen, I'm gonna have to play this for him. Even before you start. That was a preemptive shh. <laughs> just know I have a whole bag of shh. With your name on it. Hey. <laughs> That's fair. Dr. Evil Austin Powers, thank you. Yes. All right. Can you please stop texting people? We're trying to have a conversation. I'm about to read my epic novel that I created. That's oh, good God. <laughs> so. The whole Jen, time we're at our cabin, Dave's trying to write an epic novel, and he couldn't kiss. <laughs> Dang it. I kissed <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he couldn't kiss. He couldn't get past the. Hang I took on. a nap Wait, today. He can't get past the. Here's you. <laughs> hey, man. I'm slinging mad volume and fat stacking Benjis. You know what I'm saying? I can't be all about, like, spelling and shit. Hey. All right. Well, that's awkward. Breaking bad. You know, I took a nap. I had school today. My brain is just on the yeah, down Two low. weeks off, one day of school, and you're already claiming brain mush. Oh, yeah. Second Dang semester of senior year. Let's just. <laughs> Yikes, dude. So what were you saying there? I'm going to start reading my epic novel. You're not going to? Can you? So there I was. Oh, there God. we're not doing that. Pondering my, myself and my life. <laughs> I can't do this, dude. I can't read. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, can't get past the. There we go. Um, well, uh, well, first of all, uh, yeah. one of the main issues of you having this tag. Okay, here's the thing. Don't ruin the punchlines to the story. Okay? You follow? This family's a psych ward. Okay, let's... F- All right, Dad. Hey, bro. Am I recording? Did oh, I am. That would have been really awkward if I wasn't. Shit. Sorry, this is the listeners. I need to call security ASAP. <laughs> Get Cardi in here. Just like, take him out. Anyway, so, David. Well, obviously, we've mentioned <coughs> he goes to Creighton, so he goes to school in Omaha. And so, an issue for him was he had to come down here and hunt in Arizona. Yep. And he has school, he has finals. And I had to hunt opening day... And I scouted for a day. Hmm. So, November 30th, December well, see, yeah, 1st, December, December 2nd. 1st. Matt, Matt scouted for several, three or four yeah, days. Yeah, several I days think. before. Yeah. And he was here at the, for Thanksgiving. And then he, luckily, because of the way Thanksgiving fell and the season opened, he was able to hunt opening day. Yeah, it was awesome. he was already here. He, you hunted for the first two days. Yeah, yeah. that was cool. Go ahead. So, to talk about what Matt found on the scouting trip. He sent pictures to us. Yep. And so, Matt found two rams, one of them was called Dropper. And was that the only one that he found, or did you find another one? That's too? the only one that he found right. that he thought was a shooter. Right. So the only shooter ram that he found was called Dropper. Well, before he we, dropped way low. Yeah. So a lot of times for people who don't hunt, um, hunters will name certain rams because, that have certain characteristics right. to their horns. And a lot of people, or like, deer or remember whatever. talking oh, yeah, to people, they were saying that like they were just surprised of how we could identify the same animal just based off of the characteristics of its horns or its antlers. But, I mean, for people who hunt a lot, it's pretty easy to tell what type of animal or which animal's which. It's easier to do that, by the way. I used to think it was kind of weird that people would do that. But it's easier to say, okay, this sheep with this chunk out of it in this location that drops low, mm-hmm. we're going to call it dropper. Yeah. Or the one that goes and flares out, we'll call it flare. So instead of saying, do you remember that one ram that was over here and had this? Because if you have a picture of it and you assign it a name, it's easier to communicate with each other about, mm-hmm. I think I saw a flare over here. Or I think I saw the mystery ram over here, which is what they call the one that I got. And especially so nowadays, like you can take pictures on your phone through this like 
um, through the spotting scope and Phone scope. Ten, you can tend to have them they usually tend to stay in the same general vicinity obviously it's not always the case that's not always the case they can move a long way but you're right if you find it's in an area and you find it again it's easy to say yeah i'm gonna go back and look for whatever name it is but sometimes you'll say gosh i found dropper he was five miles away you mm -hmm. know he moved a long way and mm -hmm. that's and that is a legitimate issue with these sheep in that area even though they're not in the breeding season they still tend to cover quite a bit of territory and they go from one unit to the other as happened for jennifer last year and um, anyway, well, back they're to wild story. animals, you know. They go do do their own thing. Freedom, but, man. Yeah. Yep. So um, we ended up going, and we we got down, and uh, this was the day before opening day, so November thirtieth, and uh, Matt and uh, Jason and uh, Jason Marsala were out scouting for us, and trying to trying to locate new rams or locate dropper, and uh, my dad and I went out, and we ended up finding, or my dad found. Um, a, a stud ram, a giant ram it, that was almost on like the desert floor, and he had a big chunk out of his right horn. And do, do you think it was sinusitis or not? Or no, probably no, wasn't, no, right? I don't think it was. But um, he, he had a massive chunk out of his right <coughs> horn from and he fighting, had, banging heads with other rams. And he had a lot of length on What's on that uh, on that same side. So so sinusitis is when uh, like a certain type of like fly or worm gets like inside the, the nostril of the ram. I think it's a bot fly. A bot fly and it lays eggs inside like the upper part of its sinuses and it ends up like infecting like the the very root of the horn and it starts and it causes it to like weaken and deteriorate over time. But mm. yeah. But You've seen that Jen with I think one of the deer that yeah, you one shot. Deer, we I cut know. off the skull cap and uh, it had those Larva, those worms, way up in the sinuses, and I've I've killed a deer before that had those worms all the way back into the brain. You cut the skull cap off, and they're already up in the in the brain cavity. It's yeah. it's, it's tough on those animals too because and it stinks really bad. They kind of they can go crazy because they are always feeling these things crawling around inside their nose. It's pretty gross actually. Yeah. But um, and I'm not 100 percent sure that's due with sinusitis. If somebody disagrees, and uh, no, I was yeah I was talking to Game and Fish guy about it. He's that's what it is. Thing, yeah. That's what I thought it was. But um, <clears throat> it can cause the base of the horn to get weak. But this, that ram. Yeah, he didn't it, have it. It was just more it was like just a from chunk fighting, thing from fighting. Big chunk out of it. So what did we name it? We named him Bob Gnarly with a G. Gnarly. Gnarly. I think it might have it. One second. Let me see if I have it there. See, really, David, really quick on the deal there. So. David also is obsessed with movie lines. So because yeah. I, got, I helped put he together help all put 400 together. of these. There's 527. Thanks. Anyway, here you go. Oh, gnarly! <laughs> <That> is, <laughs> Sorry, I should have had that ready to go. <laughs> that was instantly what we said when we when we found him. We're like, "Holy crap! Look at that giant ram!" And it's funny because we were driving, and I stopped and just in an ATV, and I stopped and looked out, and I just barely over the rise because this ram had just come up out of the bottom. Mm -hmm. I said, "David, I got a ram. Yeah, good ram." And, like, and this is with my ten power binoculars, and he's probably three miles away. Yeah, first ram we ever saw. And I was like, "Oh." crap so we got set up on him watched him all day it was cool yeah, it was a couple awesome. rams with him and got nice video and yeah and then again this is opening day or not opening day, before. day before so it's like this is why they're not shooting the ram because it's yeah. not season yet yep and then we ended up meeting up with matt and jason again and uh told him about bob gnarly and we ended up going after him the next day and and matt thought i was full of crap because yeah because he was so big and we had no Matt's idea. not very big matt's very in fact no. well you would know you're talking <laughs> no, Matt is not a very big man. That's okay. 
I'm sure pictures room looks huge next to all you guys. In fact, this is for Matt. He's evil. He wants to take over the world. And he fits easily into most overhead storage bins. Matt or you? <laughs> Matt. We're, they're about the same. But uh, anyway, that's also Dr. Evil. But so <clears throat> we get back. And Matt was talking about how he couldn't find Dropper. Mm-hmm. Jason saw Ram. When was the last time they had seen Dropper? Uh, well, Matt was, hadn't been there for a few days. So he went home for Thanksgiving. I think he was gone for three days. And he came back and couldn't find dropper oh he'd seen dropper the day before right or yeah. no jason saw him the day jason saw him on november the 30th but he'd he was, gone over he was to the a unit 45A and oh. he crossed over he was about a mile and a half into the 45a unit so that's not good news for us nope. <clears throat> and um i found this ram and i got video of it and pictures and stuff and i was letting these guys tell their stories and they were trying to come up with a game plan i'm like well do you want to see the ram i found and i showed him the picture and matt's like shut up yeah but the weird thing was Matt didn't trust us like the whole thing, especially you. He didn't trust you like the entire time. He's like, I wonder why. That is slanderous. It is slanderous because you're a grease ball. That's <laughs> not true. And that's why we put you in timeout. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I showed him the video. He's like, where'd you get this? I'm like, I took it today. He's like, no, we didn't. He's like, dude, that's a big ram. I'm like, yeah, I think he's a good ram. I said, I, you know, we're far away from him, but he's got a, a big chunk on the right side, but. I think he's yeah, got I thought good it, length, I thought and I think cool. he has good bass or good mass and good stuff. Bass. And, and uh, he's like, you didn't find this. I'm like, dude, yeah, I did. And he's like, if you found this, why weren't you more excited earlier? I'm like, because I don't know what you guys, what else you found. And anyway, so long story short, yeah. we wound up after they find, after they looked at the 20 videos and 30 pictures, yeah. they believed me. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, believe me. Yeah. You know, but uh, so we went in the next morning. We came up with a game plan and went in there the next morning. Yep, and we drove down the border between 45 So this is what they did say. This is what I told them as far as that. It's not a lie if you believe it. It's George Costanza. Nice. So we're driving down the uh, 45A, 45B boundary road, and then we uh, moved in to like, the same area from like where we last saw the ram. From a lot closer. And, so this uh, Bob Gnarly ram, was yeah, he the by Bob the border? He was by the border a little bit, but he was like in a kind of mountain range next to it. <laughs> he was a good mile and a half from it, but yeah. he was closer to that than from where I saw him from. But uh, anyway, got <coughs> set up on a knob, looking around for a while. Then after a little bit, Matt and I packed up and we moved towards um, the big mountain range where we thought they, that he'd be at. After a couple of miles of walking, uh, Matt threw up his tens and saw a, like probably, I don't know, maybe eight eight or nine sheep like all together um, like near like a sand like a sand sandy cliff type deal so we moved up closer and located bob gnarly he was in there so uh, we ended up having dad meet meet with us on the same dad we were glassing from and jason also hiked in because jason was like a little bit further to the east from us because right. he was he was trying to locate dropper and you guys moved closer because from where i was where i was sitting where we were bo- where we were all sitting originally I could see, we could see a big portion of that mountain, but we couldn't see this one area that was blocked by another little hill. Right. Yeah. So you guys went to that hill to look down and see if there was something that was hidden. Yeah. Yeah. And the, good call by Matt. That's yeah. exactly where they were. Yeah. And the, and the way the ways the way the kofas are set up, like a lot of the terrain you can't see anywhere else, like by driving roads. You have to hike in and peek in. It's a wilderness, crevice, so yeah. there aren't very many roads. Yep. So. Um, and by the way, a lot of the roads that were open last year, Jennifer, when you were there, are now closed. Yep. Why? They just, they're closing it. They're just making it more of a wilderness so you have to backpack in. So yeah. it's cutting down, it cuts access and availability to scout it. Yeah. I mean, you just have to 
pound it, which David certainly did. David and Matt did a lot of that. Um, yeah, so Jason was supposed to locate Dropper and help us locate Bob Gnarly, just in case he was on, like, a different mountain. And uh, after locating him, Jason came up and met with us, and we were looking at the Rams for a while. And then, after like, five minutes after Jason set up, he's like, guys, there are hunters, like, 800 yards from where the sheep are right now, like, on a little cliff, looking at them. There's like, one other tag in the whole unit. Yeah, one other tag in the entire unit, or we have to be on the same ram, potentially. So... We ended up packing up after discussing it for a little bit. We had, we, we had to go talk to the hunter. Okay, so give sure. the whole backstory because Matt had heard from um, Chris. Yeah, that that the, old, that the other hunter was 80 years old, and these right. guys clearly were not 80 years old. So and at that point, like we like we the, like us hunters, we we saw we we looked at each other through the binos, and as soon as we packed up to leave, they packed up to go towards the sheep closer. We're like crap, so we got packed up. And try to cut them off and and uh, talk talk with them just to make sure if there's any confusion if they're in the wrong unit because 45A was like only a couple miles away and uh, and who knows maybe like like there there, there could have been a lot of um, you know error for like someone being in the wrong unit or th- if those it's guys like were kind guides of to get confused, yeah. yeah if those guys were guides sitting on that ramp for a hunter to come in that was a real issue and yeah. in, in 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 general. You know, I don't. We don't want to disturb somebody during the middle of their hunt. Right. We wouldn't want to be disturbed either. But since we had heard that the other hunter that had the tag was 83 years old, mm-hmm. and the two guys were obviously not 83 years old, and there were two profile, tags in the entire unit, we thought that they, we either. thought maybe these guys were guiding him and had carried his gun in there, and were waiting for him to get there. Right, which is like which not you good. can't do actually, I mean, unless you have a champ permit. Someone else cannot carry. The gun for you. I'm, I may be wrong on that. I know that's true in some states. I'm pretty sure that's the way for Arizona. But we wanted to confirm that we knew it was a big ram. We want, just wanted to confirm that guy was the hunter mm-hmm. and then he was on the ram uh, as opposed to somebody waiting for the other hunter to get there that might take him two to three hours if he had limited mobility. Yep. So, because we were on the stock to go after that ram at that point. So, yeah. we walked up there um, to just ask him yeah. and... And, uh, and yeah, gentleman's name was Juan. His name is Juan, and uh, yeah, he was he, the one yeah. and only other tag holder in the unit. He was the only Juan. <laughs> and uh, oh, it, it just—he was ahead of us. They were set up, and yep. so he came came down. We talked for a little bit. He went back up, and he sat on the ramp for a little bit, and we retreated back to go watch him. And the way that went was, um, and frankly, Matt was ahead of me. Matt was a little bit um, adrenaline up, and I, I would have gone a little yeah, bit. I was too. Would have gone a little bit slower, but. We got there, and you know we we're walking up, and we we're seven hundred yards from. They're seven hundred yards from Ram. They're probably six hundred something, and we were yeah. maybe we got to about a hundred yards from them. And he came down, and, yeah, and just uh, Matt and asked yeah. him if he if he was a hunter, if he had the tag, if it was that unit. And just clarifying that because we were trying to see if he was the other, if he was the actual hunter, as opposed to somebody trying to hold a space for him. Right. And then he said, "Yes, I got my tag," and we're like, "Hey, sorry, you're here first. Good luck." And yeah. We backed out of there. We yep. actually watched him. Yeah, and we ended up watching him shoot the ram. And that was kind of weird. Like, first day. I mean, if, if I'm a Griego, related to Jennifer Griego, I expect, you know, hey, who knows? Maybe I could shoot shoot the ram on, like within a couple hours. Like, sheep hunting's easy, right? But apparently not. Well, but, you got to remember your famous quote. So when you drew the tag, <laughs> he said, man, I don't want to shoot. 
don't want to shoot sure. my ram on the first day. I want to. <clears throat> I'd like to take a long time and get the full experience. I didn't say take a long time. I just wanted the full experience of sheep hunting. But you specifically no, no, said that. you do not want to get it the first day. No, you're right. And but I, at I'm the same time, I had no idea that we were going to run into this awesome ram too. And I, I told David that you know you get a limited amount of time from school. We'll do some scouting. We'll try to find a ram, and uh, it doesn't matter if you find a ram that's worth going after. You shoot him on the first day because you don't know if somebody else will shoot him right. or if you'll leave the unit or something else. Yeah, and and, and the so those words came back to haunt you that yeah. you wanted the full experience because you got it, my friend. I got the full experience. <laughs> and uh, yes, yeah, another quote that I mean a lot of hunters kind of go by is, "Don't pass up something that you would shoot on the first day." Don't pass something. Don't pass something on the first. How day. did I screw up that line, dude? <laughs> don't pass something on don't, the first don't day that you shoot up, on the last. Don't pass up something. an animal that you shoot on the first day. Cut. Don't pass up what something on the yeah, first this day. This is why I don't have that my own podcast. Sh- I just dude. said it. Don't pass up something on the first day that you would shoot on the last. Right. Given sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes you end up finding a better Therefore, animal. Yes. Um, and or that's some, what I was saying. Dude. And or sometimes you think you're going to find a better ram than Bob Gnarly. Dude. You Bob, never know. Those, the there's some freaking insane rams chilling in there. But the way it sounds to me is that was a ram. That was a shooter ram. That was no doubt shooter ram, and you were going after him. It wasn't yeah. like this is a mid-160s, maybe, possibly. like it I don't know. I can understand, David. I think this is appropriate. Come on, get the shit out of your mouth. Tell I me what you want. Thanks. To me, it sounds like this <laughs> Sorry, ram. I can't, with this I, can't, I can't speak at all. It sounds like this is a go for it ram. First day, last day, oh, whatever. Oh yeah, day totally. It is. Yeah, it was, <clears> use a stud ram. But you there had, are you some ended up scoring like what, like mid one seventies, something like that, or low low mid one seventies. It wasn't one eighties, dude. No, it was mid one seventies. No, there weren't like, ten rams or one eighties. No, then you lied to me. You don't know. You told me there was like a one eighty three ram or something. You were taking a nap, son. No, I think that I may have. <clears throat> misstated what I heard. Yeah, but about I, Bob Gnarly. Bob Gnarly had a couple had those chunks cost him several inches, and mm-hmm. he's still a Boone and Crockett Ram. But yeah, he was not 180. He was right. I think he was around 170, mm-hmm. high 160s mm-hmm. maybe after but yeah, productions. It, but yeah, hell of a Ram though. <coughs> yeah, one one yeah, shot whacked guys. him. Awesome those guys, deal. you know, they said they got in there and they hiked in the dark. They were ahead of us, and yeah, fair chase, man. Fair chase. More power to them. They got it done. Yeah, hiked uh, in the dark. Yeah. Thing. But um and usually when there's one other tag in the unit you don't figure like some of the antelope hunts and some of the other hunts that a lot of people get a chance to see the other animals that are around it's it gets very competitive and you better be in there early and try to out compete somebody to get to the animal. You don't usually have those things for sheep. Um but those guys they were ahead of the game, ahead of yep. us, got it done, made a great shot and Yep. More power to them. So we ended up backing out, <coughs> heard the ram get shot. That was kind of weird. But did you sit there and watch it, or did you just hear it happen? Well, we went there for a little bit. You know, We started walking. We sat there for 35, 40 minutes, and yeah, we started hiking happen, out. But, uh, and then Matt saw that they got up because the sheep were bedded down where you couldn't see them. They were around a little corner. Those guys couldn't shoot them either. When they got up started moving, there was another good ram in that area, and we wanted to make sure that, yeah, that he didn't shoot the smaller ram because oh, if yeah. he left up Bob Gnarly, like – we like we would have watched where the Rams went and gone after him, you know. Mm-hmm. But he ended up shooting Bob Marley, which is yeah, the one that the biggest Bob one that really came out. It was at the front, it was broadside and <coughs> showed himself pretty well. Yeah, he was he, he was always shot. like just flexing his horns. <coughs> like he was you'd stand on big rocks and, you know, be flexing. But um anyway we backed out and uh we started to leave yeah. after forty five minutes. Matt threw up his binoculars and said, Oh gosh, they're out so we set up the binoculars real quick. I was watching. I think you were. Did you have the 40s out? 
Well, yeah, I was carried the forties. I don't know if you got them set up in time to see that, but no, I didn't. Anyway, so that um, that finished that one. Yeah, opening day. So, uh, th- like nothing else really happened that day. We go for him though, getting that opening day. Yeah, you know? maybe nothing else really happened. Well, that day. just wait. Okay. We ended up going back to um, our camp, and uh, Jason was supposed to meet us because he was Jason was out like looking for um, dropper, dropper, and he came back. And he ended up getting getting a look at Bob Gnarly, like a picture of him, and then he ended up hearing through the grapevine that Dropper got shot. And guess by who? Mike <laughs> Miller's client, dude. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't Mike wasn't guiding him. He was just there as a friend. Oh, friend then. Yeah, yeah. but either way, I'm gonna be I'm just gonna be blaming the whole Miller family, dude. We're coming after you. <laughs> I know so where your you live. Aiden. I know where you cool. live, and I know where you sleep. I hope you guys are listening right now. Because well, I'm, you helped. I'm, I'm, I'm coming, dude. Cole coming. had a tag. Yeah. His tag, and you helped him, and you helped him get like the only picture of the ram. Yeah. And you helped him get that ram. Yeah. That, yeah, that was a neat deal. Um, yeah, our friends, Cole Miller and his twin Aiden Miller. Um, Cole drew the, a Desert Bighorn tag in 2018 in 41 West. Same year I did. Same year we you did. Hunting. And. Uh, which was last year. Yeah, and they and uh, I should say you're right. 2018. So we're yeah, now 2020. So Aiden and Cole ended up inviting me down to go because you know drawing a desert big on cheap tag All these punk that kids young. Are on yeah, tags, what the heck? The hey, we're like the mafia, dude. We get stuff done. But anyway, uh, it took him a long Aiden, time too. It did take him a long time, and Aiden and. Cole invited me down just to help You're scout. more like Peaky Blinders, I think, than Peaky Blinders. Are we going to... Hey, Billy, it's all the British Askers. The whole time in the cabin, he's watching Peaky Blinders talking whole, like this. What does it have to do with anything? Yeah, Nobody it, likes it. What does it have to do he with anything? He said Mafia. Isn't right Peaky now, Blinders the Mafia from... What does it have to do with anything? Because you said it, and I want to make fun of your because British Because right now, we're about to talk about the rest of my story, and... Can you just finish it, please? It's already been half an hour. So oh, oh, you guys are the second. ones that are talking about this whole thing. Well, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Godfather. Nice. <laughs> God. I wonder who the child in this conversation is. All right, is. Dropper got <laughs> shot. Yes, I know, but hold on a second. The Millers the Millers invited me down to scout in 2018, and Cole ended up shooting a stud ram. It happened to be the day that I showed up. You guys are welcome. I didn't find him or anything, but yeah, my presence yourself. was luck. But apparently after my own sheep hunt, I didn't have any luck at all. For the very Should have had me up day. there. But anyway, yeah, Cole shot an awesome ram, and I took pictures. <laughs> I was the only one with the camera that worked and had to take pictures to Everyone the selfie phone camera. Was dead. But it was an awesome deal. But and I actually I invited Aiden Cole to be on my hunt, but um, stuff got stuff got complicated. But anyway, they don't like you. They don't like me. Basically, yeah. But still, guys, I will show up on your doorstep because you guys shot dropper. But anyway, so dropper. Their dad, Mike Miller, yep. Yep. who <clears throat> actually guided Jennifer on her desert sheep hunt in New Mexico, does a lot of hunts on the mm-hmm. Ted Turner Ranch mm-hmm. in New Mexico. Very, very good hunter. Good friends with Jim Melody. Yep. He returned the favor because Jim Melody said you stole his sheep tag when you drew it, when he applied that as the number one choice with yep. maximum points. Yep. You drew it. Your sheep went into the 45A unit, just like the Ram did last year for Jennifer, and Mike Miller's friend, and I'm sorry I don't remember his name, with Joe Del Rey, who was there helping also. Yep. He Shot it. Whacked it. Yep. <laughs> it was a beautiful ram. Yeah, he was a stud ram. Yeah. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, to that those was guys. an awesome ram. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we ended up going over <coughs> and talking to those guys, and that ram was 
insane mass dropped low, but um, yeah, almost 15 inches, almost 15 inch bases, a little bit <clears throat> less mass than yours, Jennifer. But um, same caliber of a ram, beautiful ram. Had an awesome overlay too. It looks so cool. But um, yeah. So you wanted the whole sheep experience, <laughs> and opening day, the top two best rams are wow. now somebody else's experience for life. Dead. <laughs> and uh, dead. And now we are going into day two. Now you can hunt. Yeah. You can hunt uh, part of day two. Then you have to fly back to Omaha. You had finals coming up. Some yep. exams you couldn't miss. Yep. So like the whole priority <coughs> the second day was just hiking around. And trying to locate new rams because we had to start from scratch. We had to mm-hmm. go back to the drawing board. And I'm assuming no one found anything after. We didn't find. Actually, we did find one ram. Dad, Dad found one ram. I'm giving you credit here. Jen wasn't there, and uh, Jen found that <coughs> one ram. And I mean, Jen found that one ram. Yes, I did. <laughs> Dad I found that one ram. <laughs> Jen probably uh, could have found it with her eyes closed. Jason, Jason I found mountain lions in that one hunt. Oh, look at you! Three of them. The first time you glassed, dude. It was. And then I got nauseous. I, move, I was moving it around too fast. That's why you use a tripod. You have your mouthful of ice and you're a podcast director. Yeah, that's awkward. <laughs> okay. So, Dad found these ram, or this one lone ram. We called him the mystery ram, or we called what? him no-name ram. Yeah. So, so Matt thought he was going to hike into a place that you couldn't see from the road. Mm-hmm. We had a limited amount of time. We had to be basically done and heading to the airport. Because I had a flight one to get on. Because you had your flight to get on. Yep. And I think I found this ram at 930 Mm-hmm. And by the time you guys hiked back to the vehicle, got there, and got to me, it was ten thirty. Yeah. And the ram was three miles away. Yeah. And then and Jason at least moved three, three miles, miles in an hour. Yeah. No, no, that's where I glassed him up. Yeah. He was a long well, way from away. where he was. But <clears throat> Jason ended up going in to try to get a better look at him, and couldn't find him. Right. Well, yeah. And while we're sitting there, well, Jason pulled up, met me, we we're watching him, and then the ram started walking. And these rams, just like with dropper, sometimes they'll take off and walk five or ten miles. So we didn't know where he was going to go. He was kind of heading back towards where Bob Gnarly was shot. And uh, he, if he walked around this corner, we wouldn't be able to see him. Mm-hmm. So, And he was heading that direction. We were low on time. It just didn't work out. Yeah. And we couldn't tell. that At that distance, that time of day with the light the way it was, I could just tell he had looked like good mass. Couldn't tell much about his length. And but it was so far away <coughs> at the same time. Like it's kind of hard and this to is day two of a 30-day hunt. Yeah. So I'm the only, at this point, I'm the only hunter in the entire unit. Right. So. And like he get and David gets done with finals, so he has basically two whole weeks mm-hmm. after yeah. you're done with finals. And if you need to go back after Christmas, like you needed to, so yeah, it wasn't so. like you were in a huge rush at all. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. So we ended up passing up that ram because we were limited on time. And uh, so I, I went back to Omaha, took my finals, tried to focus because I was so excited to get back, and uh, you know, get back and start hunting again in the desert. But um, yeah, in Omaha, I ended up like, doc, like, kind of like looking at the whole unit. That's always good to help you study for finals to map out the whole. <laughs> I was B very unit. excited, but I ended up killing <laughs> the semester anyway. But no one cares about that. You did well. You did great with your classes. Yes, Congratulations! Welcome, dude. But anyway, you, you in chemistry. You Jennifer and Timmy all did very well. Chemistry. Big bounce yes. back there. Um, but That's a later story. <laughs> We ended up uh, getting back to the desert. That was the 14th. And, uh, again, sorry from scratch because, like, the rams that – the no-name ram that my dad found the day I left was could could have been in a different unit. Could have been be anywhere, anywhere at this point. Because, what, it was, like, a week 
I think it was nine days difference from one of my last. Summer. That's good math. You left in the second. You're back on the fourth. Whatever, dude. Anyway, so you left. You came back. So how had Matt gotten out there in a couple of days before you got out there? I think got there back the day home? before we yeah, did. So okay. Yeah, I got there the day before, and um, yeah, she was so getting another hundred and. Yeah. 41 West or something. So from so from what I've heard, you guys like kind of like scoured the unit. You kind of left that area from 45A and you like the border area and you moved out to yeah. try and find some other We ramps. didn't do that until we we went back. So the first day back, day of the 14th, we went um, I have a document back here. sort of in the same area where we'd seen Bob Let's do a Gnarly. Brief summary, bro. And um, yeah. Yeah, same same sort of area, and we did like a ten mile loop deal, mm-hmm. and that was when I forgot my lunch for the whole day, and that sucked. That's an L for you. Yeah. Didn't Matt have any candy you could eat? I didn't. I didn't say him. I like I was carrying around my fifty pound pack, and totally forgot my lunch. So it was probably like forty eight pounds. <laughs> you were carrying a lot of stuff though. Yeah, I, I was You're carrying, carrying those, those 40, giant forty power, power doctors, doctors that were big tripod, ginormous. One of my old tripods is made out of lead, so that was perfect for That's you. That's so yeah. nice for David. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was, we're walking around, couldn't find anything. That's not true. It was a Manfrotto um, carbon tripod. Yeah. Nice. But we're walking around, couldn't find anything. And the, the, and the whole thing I can remember was like, well, I wish for the full experience here. And I'm hiking through the desert. I'm starving. <laughs> I'm, almost, I'm out of water now. <laughs> and the only thing I got from this day is I got a horse with no name stuck in my head. So to get to the kind of end of this story, because we're on the third day. Yeah, I got it. So Th- was it Thursday? Yeah. So th- yeah. So Thank day you, day three. Yeah, day four. <coughs> yeah. Day when four. what day did you move from the area, the border area, to yeah. venture out? So we we ventured out on the fifth day to a different spot. All right. Let's start like, from the fifth like day. In the, like in the south central part of whatever some yeah. random part of the unit yeah we went a long way a long way away it's a huge it's unit. a huge yeah how big is the unit 50 square miles something like that no it's more than that i think it is 50 square miles i did the math unless i screwed up the math you probably did okay whatever it's either more, way it's, it's way like, more than 50 square miles yeah it's way more than, i think it's 450 square miles <laughs> a little miscalculation yeah by it's myself. it is not 50 square miles really yes well, that's five by ten. Oh. <laughs> No, I knew that. And you got good grades. Oh shit, that's awkward. Yeah, talk yeah. about you. Oh, it was weird because I was looking up the scale online and it said like, I forgot to multiply. Yep, that was a big mess up. Sorry, guys. Here you go. I got this for you. Morons. I've got morons on my team. Well, ain't fifty square <laughs> miles then. Damn it. That is from. Yes. All right. Well, anyway, right. you venture out. So the big unit, and yeah, then so, you go and. Yeah. So, um, we ended up taking the Ranger, and uh, Dad and I split up. It was Matt and I, and we got up to the top of this deal. Yeah, it was like eighty miles round trip on the Ranger. Yeah, it was. The Ranger took a beat. Did you move your camp at all? No, but we ended up getting to the top of this like mountain, and we were looking around in this like. This awesome, like, really rugged mountain complex. After looking for a while, we found three rams at the base of the mountain, basically, like, in this little valley that we were, like, hiding at. And um, there were three rams. And we ended up getting closer to look at them. There was one massive ram in there. And uh, in my in my in, in my inReach DL GPS system, I, I located that ram. The three musketeers 
place because these these Rams. You got an early together. Christmas present from me. Yeah, which is communication so difficult there. Yeah, I uh, got you yeah. a little in reach. I have an in reach already, but I want to be able to communicate with you. And so Matt, you know, Matt's a good hunter, and and he got the first place he got up on a hill with you. He looks over and he sees this ram. Yeah, but and this is the first time we've been in that part of the complex. Yeah, yeah. So and it's like, man, there must be a lot of sheep in here. Yeah, and this is this is like the the first group of sheep that we saw since, you know, since. Did you see any sheep the third and fourth day? No. Yeah, I saw some sheep or, the third day. Yeah. So, but nothing real big. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we got closer and we got a close look at him and, and, uh, it, you know, Matt and I talked for a little bit and I was kind of skeptical about like trying to go after this ram because this was like the first shooter ram that, that I've seen in like a long time, you know? And yeah. so I'm like, you know what? Like we have the rest of the month to hunt and, uh, this is a stud ram best case scenario. We just keep, keep this guy in our back pocket and come back whenever, you know? So we ended up passing up th- this ram and obviously didn't get any crap from that from that decision at all psych but well the deal was so so matt you and matt are there i'm a few miles away looking for other sheep and i was like should i come meet you guys yeah but and the, whole, and the, the communication was bad so we really yeah, didn't bad. we hadn't really figured out your in reach so well and we weren't getting real-time communication and the communication wasn't good bottom line was you and matt looked at it you thought, and Matt, really, Matt really thought, okay, he's close, close to being a Boone and Crockett ram. Yeah. But he was, and Matt's very conservative as far as judging stuff. Which is what you want to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And he um, he thought, well, this ram may not have enough horn length to make it. He probably has enough mass. Mm-hmm. But we just got into a new area. There's probably a lot of sheep here. Let's look around more. Yep. Which is a very valid approach. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. We backed out. And... Um, you guys got to where you could have shot him that day. Yeah, yeah, easily. Now, you're hunting with a muzzleloader. I was hunting with a muzzleloader. Which was your birthday present this year that I got you. It was awesome. I got yeah. you a custom mu- muzzleloader from Owens Armory in Chino Valley, mm-hmm. as recommended by Greg Krogh, and we took that muzzleloader. I got it for you to hunt during the muzzleloader and, oh, and or shotgun season in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Timmy got to hunt this year because you didn't couldn't take the time off. Timmy shot a deer, a doe at 100 yards and just absolutely obliterated it. Perfect shot. The thing was dead on. Mm-hmm. You and I both shot it at 300 yards. It was putting bullets in the same hole. Yep. It's it's a heck of a weapon. Yep. Yeah, I think it was awesome. And you wanted to use it since it's your new rifle and Yeah. So And also was the thought of possibly getting um, like a higher record ram with a muzzleloader and thought, or was it just like let's yeah I think I got the two, let's try shooting a big ram with the muzzleloader. <coughs> there's a separate record book. Yeah. I, I don't remember the guy's name that has a world record with a desert desert world record with muzzleloader. Name escapes me at this point. He's kind of but a schmuck. T- yeah, maybe maybe not. Wait, is huh. it you? Yes, he's a schmuck. <laughs> I was nice. like, wait, I thought it was you. Um. Um, yeah. But anyway, so David uh, wanted to use that rifle, and it's a heck of a rifle, but it is heavy. It is heavy. It is dude. probably five to eight pounds heavier than oh, the 6.5 284 yeah. rifle. Dang. I is heavy, one, dude. Like, oh, man. I give David credit. He was carrying How, how much do you think it weighs? Like 12 pounds? Oh, God, no. 15 to 20 pounds, somewhere Dang. in that. Yeah, I think it's heavy. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got a big scope on it. It has a bipod on it. Yeah. It's a it's a heavy weapon. It's a heavy deal, and that yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe I was carrying more than fifty pounds. Who knows? But um. Anyway, so you find this yeah. three musketeers ram, but we, we, yeah, we ended up passing him. Yes, but, but the main thing is, I located that. 
I marked that location in my inReach so we knew where he was at. But also, what I don't know if you're going to mention this later, but we'll mention it now, is you didn't want to vo- voice the name of the ram. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's very important, actually. Thank you for, for mentioning that. You're welcome. So, oh, previously... Siblings getting along. It's nice to see. <laughs> yeah. Mark it down. We're making history here. It's actually, it's recorded. So, <laughs> oh, I don't need to write it down. Yeah, they're already but, fighting. Never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so... <laughs> we like we we were like telling each other like you and Matt, Matt yeah Matt and I like we're talking we're like you know what? maybe we shouldn't name the Rams anymore because the last two names we the two Rams that we named <laughs> got shot so we're Within gonna jinx day. ourselves yeah we're gonna yeah. jinx ourselves so from now on just keep it to yourself so I like kept to myself and named this group of Rams the three Musketeers Ram and obviously wanted to shoot the biggest Ram in the group mm-hmm. um, the next day. Um, we again started from scratch looking for more Rams, um, and, uh, didn't find nothing. Okay. So you were, were you kind of like in the vicinity of these Rams? Did you kind of move out? No. Well, I mean, yeah, kind of. We, well, it was really we windy that day, right? Area. Yeah. It was super windy that day. And the same thing, we were like, you know, hiking like a lot of terrain and, uh, looking in and out of all these. Like, you guys were premises. hiking like 10 miles a day. Yeah, that day we actually did like 12 uh, and a half Up and down miles. a lot. Of, yeah, up and down a lot of mountains. Yeah, that was our longest day, 12 and a half miles, and that was, that was brutal. Oh, Matt was, he was pounding don't, it. Don't you Matt, were keeping up with him. Dude, Matt was wiping the floor with me, dude. It's amazing. Considering, he considering he's like 40 years old. Like and his strides almost, are more than no more than six inches. I know, dude. 40, what are years, like three? Six inch stride, 40 years old, almost dead, dude. That's amazing. 42, as in almost dead. <laughs> 42, as in almost dead. <laughs> anyway, so you didn't see any Rams at 6, about like the 60 yep, now. Six, yep, And then um, we ended up, Matt, Matt ended up talking to some other, uh, one of his other friends who was under that unit, and he was hunting that unit with a bow, and he told us about some other place that, to go to, and we ended up going to that place the next day. Same deal. Nothing. Nothing. But... Thing that was, was it crazy. windy again? Or? It was so windy. Those two days yeah. were super windy. But um, we ended up, like, towards the end of our day, we were glassing, and we hiked the top of this deal. You got to met up with me. And I I'd seen wait, 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 the just, first. I know, but we ended up seeing a plane crash, and that was crazy. An old. Old plane crash. Yeah. And it, there were pieces. There was, like, a motor on the top of this, like, butte thing that we hiked, and there were shrapnel and pieces of the aircraft everywhere, like, probably, like, in, like... Crazy. Who knows? Maybe like a 800-yard radius of where we found the motor. But, man, it was wild. Um, but I mean, it kind of made me think, like, if someone crashed there and they survived and then they had to get out of it, get out of, get out of the Kofas, that would like, be tough. Like, where are you going to go? Yeah, where are you yeah. going to go? You're in the middle of the desert. So that was pretty amazing, though. Uh, but, yeah, we didn't see anything. We met up with my dad that day. That was the 17th of December. And uh, he found... How many group? How many groups of rams did you find? Just one or two? That was when you met up with me, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen any sheep in three days, and um, I think the sheep, when it got real windy, were just Hunkered staying way down. down in the cuts, yeah. the canyons and stuff like that, and they weren't getting out, even though it was cold. And it was right before dark. I found that group of like eleven sheep or something yeah, like that. Yeah, there was, was a pretty good ram in there, but I think they were in the A unit. Yeah, it was close. <clears throat> you were back by the A unit. Yeah, it was a long way from where we were. Back now, it was closer, and he couldn't see it just because his eyes were closed. Um, <laughs> yeah, his lens caps were on. Yeah. yeah. He's a hell of a hiker, but Wait, he actually? got up on those eyes. He's got to no. keep his lens caps on, dude. Oh. It's not true. Have you listened to David? He never tells the truth. Well, so? 
No, he couldn't see him because of the just the way the mountain laid out. That's yeah. But, All right, um, anyway, so you're hiking around, and then... Yeah, so after a while... Like, Dad finds those rams. We found those rams. And it could have been the A unit, so we got back to camp, and we decided the next day we were going to go back to where we found the three musketeers rams. So we ended up getting our stuff, hauling butt down there, and um, Matt and I got up on like a similar knob up there, and we were glassing. And after like probably 20 minutes, I found the ram, the big ram, the, the musketeer ram. I'm like, holy crap. And after looking up a picture on my phone, what a ram looks like, I'm like, yeah, that's a ram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't seen one in three days, but that's a ram. So we watched this ram, and sure enough, he was with his two other buddies, same group. And uh, we watched him for we're a little in the while. Same, the same area that they were before. So, yeah, somewhere. He was within, a, within 500 yards of it, right? Yeah, he was close. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, it was amazing that that big ram was the first one that we saw in that group. So... I'm like, and all he, right, that was a glassing, good glassing job by you because they just come. The, the, the thing about sheep hunting is the terrain, the little cuts, the nooks and crannies in the mountain can hide so much. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you guys were sitting <clears throat> not on the same exact mountain, were you? Where you saw no, it before? Di- different mountain. But um, they just came out of this one little op- one little yep. crevice and started to go around a mountain. You saw them with a brief time window. And yeah. Matt identified him for sure that was him, and you guys yep. kind of made a plan. And yeah. I was about three miles south you guys maybe more than that um trying to look up into the slopes that were getting the sun the first you know at first light and the wind was just howling oh man and again yeah it was three or four days yeah it was was cold and really windy and the sheep just weren't moving much they were in very protected areas so difficult to find yeah but um yeah so anyway we end up seeing that ram and we're like all right let's go time I'm totally ready to put a sock on it. Let's let's talk about our strategy and go. But um, yeah, so we ended up uh, going around the backside of this 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 complex he was in was really rugged, steep stuff. So um, we we were gonna pop up uh, the other side of this jagged, steep part of this mountain complex, poke over and see if we can get within 300 yards of him with the muzzleloader. So we ended up meeting up with my dad. Um, and then uh, we ended up, you know, debriefing each other on the situation. And my dad ended up popping up on the same, pretty much the same mountain that we were you on. Wanted, you guys wanted me to go on to the same mountain from which you'd seen him in mm-hmm. case they came back case. around where you guys couldn't see him. You were going to be looking from the west, looking to the east. And mm-hmm. I was going to be looking from the east towards the west. And yep. we were probably two and a half miles apart. Yeah. From, and you guys hiked in a ways. And by the time you got to where you found the sheep... Mm-hmm. We were probably a little over a mile apart. Yeah, and it was cool. Well, so what ended up happening was we were like, we ended up pop, like going into this mountain complex, there were sheep everywhere. And there were sheep, like, they were used with lambs that we ran into, like, going right going into the mountain complex. And we were trying to stay as quiet as we could because we didn't want to spook them out of there. Um, but we had to kind of weave through a bunch of, like, you know, choya and brittle bushes and stuff, trying to be quiet. And we ended up poking over the really steep part Matt moved up a little bit and we and he located the rams so we got set up at the first spot 300 350 yards shot I got all set up got got my rifle all ready to go and I, I'm not even kidding like probably like 30 seconds after I got the big ram in, in my scope he disappears over the ridge I'm like are you kidding me if we were three minutes earlier we could have had a shot opportunity you know so we we waited there for a little while, and then Matt ended up moving to a different spot, 
just trying to see if he could locate the ram from a different angle. Because, again, this terrain, these rams can hide in any part of any little crevice of this terrain, mm-hmm. and they're invisible. So Matt located the ram from a different angle. We regrouped, moved, just changed positions. And at this point, we were sitting on the edge of a freaking cliff, mm-hmm. like at the very peak of this little cliff thing. And and we we're looking right at the ram 400 yards away. And the ram was like sunbathing. He was a monster looking right at us. Yeah, so the, the, um, yeah, he was bedded down behind some creosote bushes. Now, when you first saw him, you could have had a shot, right? Then he yeah. laid down? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, actually, no, he was laying down the whole time. So, oh, okay. So, um, but the main circle that we had was there was like a 30-foot drop from where we were sitting. Like right behind you guys. Right behind me. Yeah, so I was like... Matt and I set up my shooting position. Ideally, I wanted to shoot prone because with the muzzleloader, you want to make with sure. With any rifle, really. Yeah, but with the muzzleloader, everything's amplified just because, you know, I, I only have one shot and I'll have what maybe like a 30 to a minute gap before yeah. I can put another round in the chamber because I got to pull the gunpowder in, put the bullet down with the, with the ramrod and put the primer in before I can shoot again. So uh, we got situated. And uh, I laid out all my ammunition, gunpowder, everything. What was cool for me, just to give you my yeah. input on this, is you were a mile, mile and a half away from me. <clears throat> I was looking for the sheep, and I was looking for you guys. And I saw you guys come up over the ridge. Mm-hmm. So you, when you were getting set up, I set up my twin spotting scope. Swarovski's at, Swarovski's at 50 power. And I was watching you guys, mm-hmm. and you're pointing the gun right at me. Yeah. But I'm a mile over a mile away and the guns pointed down you would i mean i wasn't in any danger because you were shooting down and actually at a mountain backside of a mountain i couldn't see i couldn't see the sheep right <clears throat> but it was cool the only problem is that day somehow uh, it was super windy i had on a heavy jacket and a bunch of stuff in my pockets and the little adapter the outdoorsman's adapter that goes on my my phone case to mount it phone to scope deal yeah, it's their version of that that goes for digiscoping onto the um, spotting scope. I didn't have it. So I was like, dang it, I wanted to set up to watch, to videotape you shoot. Because mm-hmm. I sat and watched your getting set up and everything and yeah. watched you shoot. and watched the smoke go off of the gun and stuff as you were shooting towards me. So go ahead. Yeah, but it was so, um, like, we, we, were <coughs> sit, we were set up on this, like, cliff face for like probably half an hour just mm-hmm. waiting for that ram mm-hmm. to stand up and i was so tempted to like because i like for me i'm the opposite of jen like i always get like super like adrenaline surged and like you know super like emotional nervous like whenever like wh- whenever it comes to the very point where i'm about to shoot the gun mm-hmm. i've always been like that but um meanwhile jen's stone cold killer Sniper. Yeah, I don't really get that. But for me, I creeper. get that crazy adrenaline rush every time. But, <laughs> Matt um, is the creeper. Matt, yeah, you're Matt, listening to your creeper. Matt, you're a creeper. But, um, yeah, so we're waiting there for 30 minutes. And my nerves are settled down. And there was a creosote bush right in the way. So I'm like, you know what? I could I could shoot this ram right now. And I'm like, Matt, can I shoot him? <laughs> and he's like, no, don't don't even risk like trying to shoot through the creosote. Like, you don't want the bullet being knocked off or anything. Just take your time. Just I think Matt sent up. me a text, and I told him, I don't know, let's ask Greg Croak. Because Did you actually ask him? No, he sent no. me a thing like, we're not going to shoot through this little creosote bush, and we don't want to shoot through it. And I said, good idea. Because years ago, which was actually Christmas Eve years ago, mm-hmm. um, with Greg, um, we found a really big mule deer by Wickenburg 
desert mule deer, <clears throat> and it was a muzzleloader season. I had one of those old inline muzzleloaders, and we got set up, and then the buck was bedded, and he was maybe 200 yards away, maybe not even that far, maybe 150 yards. And Greg's like, and so the buck finally got stood up. We grunted at him or hit some rattling horns or something, he stood up. Greg's like, shoot him. I'm like, dude, he's right behind that tree. It doesn't matter. He's so close to that tree. The bull will go right through. It'll kill him. I'm like, are you sure? Yeah. So I shoot. Buck runs off. And you wind up, you know, beating up a tree and rutting a doe and something like that. And he's like, oh, you killed him. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. We went over there right where the deer was standing. <clears throat> there were three branches broken like the diameter of your little finger where that bullet, that sabot or sabo or whatever, muzzleloader bullet hit one, got deflected, hit another one, hit another one, and it got deflected over his back. And they just like tipped it up. And the thing you have to remember about a muzzleloader is they are not going with the muzzle velocity of a center fire rifle. No. They're a bigger bullet. They've got much more of a diameter. They catch more wind, and they're more easily deflected. Mm -hmm. So I missed that buck. We wound up getting on him later that day, and I killed him, and he was a really big buck. I mean, he was 190-inch type buck. Yeah. gross you know before deductions yeah. and stuff like that beautiful buck mm -hmm. but so i was you know i think matt sent me a text i'm like yeah just wait till he stands up because don't try to shoot through that bush especially like you have time you're not yeah, right. it's not like you're <laughs> running on daylight like running on daylight mm -hmm. it's yeah. like 3 p.m you know yeah you had time you weren't in a rush yeah you're able yeah to so we had waiting waiting for him to stand up and sure enough he stands up and like a flip of, flip of a switch for me adrenaline starts surging again you know mm -hmm. so he stands up but Matt's Matt's will tell me, all right, Dave, take your time. Just wait until he gives you that shot window where he's broadside. Yeah. And you're good to go. I'm like, okay. Sure enough, the ram gives me the shot the shot window. Slowly breathing, like I'm I'm trying to control my breath. And I slowly squeeze the trigger. Gun goes off. Poof, felt awesome about the shot. It was pretty awesome to watch it through yeah. the spotter because I see this big cloud of I see you get behind it. I know you're gonna shoot. I see this big cloud of smoke. And then yeah. I see you immediately start reloading. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, uh -oh. immediately. Yeah. So, so I shot. So after I shot, Matt was like, way, way high right, way high right, like foot high right. I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, there's no way. Like, like I was you so were, shocked. You were rock solid on a boulder. You've been oh, sitting there for a long we're time. We're sitting there for 30 minutes. I'm like, there's no way I missed by that much. But at the same time, the adrenaline, like that happening so fast and me having to reload. I'm like, what the heck? So I, I was sitting, I was sitting there like, like just, just, you know, putting gunpowder in, in there, like, like just, just trying to control my nerves. And, and let me just give a little backstory on this. So for people that never hunted with a muzzleloader, it's, I, a, it's a process. Tell them about like what you have for, what you had all set out there. Yeah. I, I, I talked about that before, but yeah, I had, I had my, I had capsules of gunpowder. I had bullets. Pre-measured. Pre-measured. 100 grain. Um, 209 black, black powder. Yeah. Capsules of, of gunpowder, and uh, each individual bullet, and then a ramrod to, to ram all of the uh, the bullet down to the very bottom of the barrel, and then primers, which will ignite the gunpowder to set off the round. So I had it all set up, ready to go, and so right after I missed, I, I got up and, and I'm, I'm, I'm pouring the, the gunpowder in the in the funnel, and, and I'm like, I'm adrenaline surging through me, and I'm cursing myself because I just missed, and after, you know, what, 30 miles of hiking, I, 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 I freaking, like, I, I poured gunpowder everywhere. I'm like, holy crap. So, so Matt, Matt sees me freaking out, and then he, like, lunges at me to make sure I don't fall off the cliff, and I end up shoving the, shoving the, the bullet down, 
and uh, we we end up running running over the ridge and and uh, getting getting up to the Rams for a second shot where the Rams at 200 yards. So the Rams are like are they were running at first and then they they were stopping looking at us and uh, you know thinking to myself I'm like okay I just I just lost a bunch of dumb powder and but this happened so fast I'm like all right so Matt's looking at him ranged him I adjusted the minute of angle on my scope and. Uh, 200 yards. I'm like, okay, cool. So I aimed at the very top of his back, like like probably like an inch over his back. I'm like, if I don't have enough gunpowder, like I have to compensate for it. Pull the trigger, shot over his back. And I felt horrible, dude. But little did I know after talking to Matt and my dad afterwards, shooting at 200 yards, even if you do lose gunpowder, you're not supposed to like compensate for the, for the shot at all because like you better aim dead on at that close of range the flight trajectory of the bullet isn't going to change that much. Well, I think in general, it's a good, it's a good approach to always have the crosshairs <clears throat> on the animal. Mm-hmm. You've adjusted the turret. Right. So, yeah. I mean, if in case the bullet does go there, you'd still hit it. Mm-hmm. But, you know. But, but, um, but thank God I did not hit the, the ram because, what, we, we, like, who, who knows where, where I would have hit him. And did you see where that bullet hit? I, I I guarantee you I shot over him. Like if if I shot below him, you know how I probably had to put like a quarter of the amount of you know, what twenty five grains of gunpowder in it. But but I like I and it you yeah. shot high the first time. Yeah, I like yeah, your first yeah, shot high, was right. high. So after talking to Matt, there was a very high probability that I knocked the scope off while I was hiking around because every time we set up the glass, I I take off my pack and put it face down where the, where the rifle was because I had to get all my stuff out of the front part. So, so a little yeah. explanation of that. And the first time that <clears throat> you hiked up to me with that on day six or whatever, and I found the sheep right before dark, you're carrying this big heavy pack. You have the doctor's 40s in it. You have a tripod. You have your lunch. You have water. You have all the stuff. And you're carrying an Everly stock backpack mm-hmm. <clears throat> with a gun scabbard in it. So, you know, basically a little place for your rifle to ride mm-hmm. well when you take it off you know that thing does have a built-in pouch for it including mm-hmm. the barrel but when you set it down you set it down a lot of times so you'd have access to the stuff in your pack mm-hmm. the rifle is underneath all of that mm-hmm. and so i don't know where you were setting it i don't know where you were setting it all rocks and stuff like that but but it's and this is day eight of you walking around with that and i don't know how many times you set it up but and it's so important from now on <laughs> to always make sure that, that your scope is never going to be obstructed by anything. Like, scope should be, like, your top priority of, like, should never be obstructed at all by anything. So, um, Matt by the, and I, By the way, my approach to that is yeah. if you have somebody with you, have them pull it out before you take your pack off. Right. Have them pull it out of your pack. Yeah. They hand it to you. You set your pack down, then you lay your rifle And lay it somewhere. It's yeah. just, it takes a second. Yeah, and then you don't does. have anything on top yeah. of it. Yeah, that's instrumental. Yeah. <clears throat> the other helpful tip I'll get before we get to the next thing yeah. is so... When you're set up there and you have 30 minutes to wait on an animal, and Jennifer and I have done this a bunch of times, she has, don't put a primer in the gun. Dry fire it. Absolutely. Don't don't put a round in your chamber and with I did a do center that. fire rifle. I did do that. Sit there, take your time, and dry fire that gun. You're mm-hmm. not going to break your firing pin. You're not going to hurt it. Nope. Sit there and shoot 15, 20 times yep. with your crosshairs on it and watch your crosshairs and just see that you've gone through the process of aiming mm-hmm. and following through mm-hmm. so you're not nervous. I don't that, think I've ever done that. Oh, come on. You you dry fired a bunch of times with me. Not on an animal. Yeah, you did. When? I don't know which one. Didn't you do it up in the Northwest Territories in your first one? No. 
I laid there and I would <coughs> practice. I'd have it on safety and I'd practice, but I never would drive. Were you not practicing? I would like get in and I like practice squeezing the trigger, but I w- it was on safety and it was because it, we're laying there <clears throat> and he's bedded down. And so we put around in the chamber, and whenever he stand up, I shot him. I've never dry fired because whenever I've been set up, there's around the chamber. Hmm. I've never dry fired. I've gotten behind it, and you're like, okay, practice aiming, get on him. Um, or like if, if you're in a blind, um, like practice aiming at an animal that comes in. Uh, but I've never dry fired on an animal that I was about to shoot. Yeah. I've well, I know I've done it with you a bunch them. of times when you were yeah, first starting out in Mexico. Yeah. Nothing in the chamber. I'd have you dry fire the gun and keep opening the bolt, yep. closing it, and just have you do that <coughs> for animals you're working to shoot. First animal I ever shot was like that. But, um, yeah, so I didn't do it for that, for this ram. and uh, But, yeah, Matt and I ended up, you know, looking over the area where I missed the ram um, just to make sure I didn't hit him. Because Matt didn't see where my second shot hit. Like, obviously, we were in such a rush. So, thank God we didn't hit him. But the whole time, man, I was just, like, I, I was feeling, like, like bought, like, the worst I've ever felt, like, after any miss. Just because, you know, sheep hunting, they're high stakes. Like, you're hiking around a long way, and you get one opportunity in the whole time. Yeah, and you haven't seen like, a sheep in, like, three days. Exactly. And, and the only thing I could tell them, like, I would just, like, ta- constantly just, like, you know, feeling so negative and feeling so bad, which is, which is like, you know, it's, it's really hard to control that, but man, I just felt horrible. Um, but, Oh, it's tough, man. Yeah, That's one tough. of the hardest things. It's, yeah. it's like, it's like people don't really understand it. that don't hunt, but yeah. if you're, it's like being a golfer and you get one drive or one shot mm-hmm. in three rounds of golf. <clears throat> and if you don't hit it right, or you shank it, it just sticks in your head. I mean, it can, yeah. there are people that get so messed up from, from their, uh, initial screw up that they never get past it. And yeah, no, that's very tough. Yeah. And, and the, the main thing that I was mad about myself about was <coughs> how I screwed up my second opportunity on the Ram when like, because of my miss, like if I just like realized like, Oh, if I, you know, just compose myself after, I missed. I'm like, okay, that's in the past. Now I have another opportunity. Steadily filled up my gun with mm-hmm. gunpowder. I could have easily had another shot at 200 yards. It was 200 yards away. So, you know, having that in my mind, just realizing like, okay, like just trying to recover from like that screw up. Being like, okay, that's all in the past now. You know what you did wrong. Move forward rather than, you know, totally focusing on what went wrong. So we ended up hiking out and hiking out of the mountain complex. We talked to my dad. And after, after my second shot, we were trying to load the, the muzzleloader again. But the bullet was stuck probably like four inches down the barrel. and We could not get it down. So we talked to my dad trying to figure out what steps we had to take to take out the bullet, either if we were going to take it out from the back or what. But my dad said we should wait until we met up with him because he had the proper tools. So... As we were walking out, we ran into the Rams again. They were 400 yards out, and they were they were and they they've they've seen us. and They were clearly spooked, so they were slowly moving away from us. So Matt, so I, so at, at this point, I'm like, crap! Like I I have to get this bullet down again. So I'm I'm putting all my weight on this on this ramrod, trying to get the bullet down. And Matt lays out a white. Um, Look, he's chewing nice now. Ho. <laughs> nice. Sorry, go on with your story. 
This is very that nice. That is a very, she's a very mean, ho can, where's the host complaint department? You have a suggestion box? I can put some. I can say I, something, I'm, but I'm not going to. He's spilling his heart out here. Let him talk. I'm trying to manage children on this freaking podcast. Okay, let's dude. go faster, bro. <laughs> I'm getting, tired. Jen, you're the one that's dragging this out, dude. <laughs> I haven't said anything. Exactly. But, so I'm, I'm putting all my weight on this thing, and Matt lays out a white garbage bag to kind of calm the Rams down, which is a very valid thing to do to calm sheep down because they think that white Surrender. thing. Exactly. We surrender, please. Very solid. But uh, we, we we lay out the white thing, and they think it's the white butt of a different sheep, and they think sheep are there. But um, we end up like trying to get this thing down. I just could not get it down. So I, I give I give the gun to Matt, and Matt gets up on a freaking boulder, and he's struggling with it, trying to get it down. And eventually, he puts all 115 pounds of his of his, <laughs> of his weight on this thing, and he gets the bullet all the way down. It's all right. Let's go. So we get up. Does on that not scratch the, like the the barrel? Well, at that point, we didn't care. We we're just trying to get it down. <coughs> so we ended up getting getting some Matt through his it pack it on a boulder. The more than the bullet coming out of the barrel. Right. High velocity, the same bullet. Oh, okay. So Matt threw his pack up on the boulder, <coughs> and he was ranging ranging the sheep going up, and he's ranging, ranging, ranging. He just tell me the 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 minute of angle to adjust to on my scope. He was like. 2.0. Are they running, 3. walking, kind of? 3.6, 4.0. And he's, and it's, they're, they're going straight up. They're hauling butt, like, up the up the top of this thing. And, and the last time we ranged them, they were 600 yards out. I'm like, you know what? Right now, like, my comp, my shooting confidence is horrible right now. I doubt I could pull out, pull off a shot at 600 yards. And even if I did hit the animal, what are the odds that I'd actually kill it and shoot, like, shoot it cleanly? So I'm like, you know what, Matt? Let's just pull off of this, you know these 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 rams are are spooked at this point. Let's 100% right decision. You don't want to take it the shot the scope appears to be off. Yep. You're flustered. Mm -hmm. You're not at your best. They're moving away a long shot. Mm -hmm. You're tired. Just absolutely the right idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cuz so, at that point you need to be at your best yeah. shooting and, performance and, 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 and you're and not you owe even it to close the to that. Yeah. And shot. as as hunters I know Cam Haynes talks about this a lot. You want as a hunter, you want to be as efficient and clean as possible. You don't want to cause the the animal any more, any unnecessary pain. Mm -hmm. You just want to get over with, you know. <laughs> but anyway, we pulled off the ram. We're walking back, and and I remember hiking out of that complex. You know, again feeling like crap, but I'm like, you know what? We've we've put in like 40, 50 miles of hiking. My, my, over the course of a few days, yeah, not yeah, that day. yeah, 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 not not that day, but over the course of a couple of days, <coughs> super heavy pack. My legs are sore. My, my, I got blisters. Like, you know what? I don't care anymore, dude. I'm. I don't care what it takes at this point. I'm gonna get a sheep. I don't like. I don't care how many more mountains I have to climb. I don't care how how much further or, or how much weight I have to carry. I'm gonna get it done. So that for me, like, especially after that failure, you know, deciding like, hey, it doesn't matter anymore. Like right now, you're gonna be, you know, pedal to the metal. Go all the way. It doesn't matter how much it takes. You're going to get it done. So that was a big turning point for me. And obviously joking around about it helped a lot too. With yeah. My dad and, and Matt. But um, Well, let me yeah. just say, and we talked about that night. You know, it's, and you'll probably bring this up, but hunting is a lot of times kind of a microcosm or, or totally for life. Totally. And so you worked hard and you failed. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, when you're set up on that ram, I was sitting there watching just praying that you make a good shot and, you know, that you, 
you know, you use the skills God gave and you make a good shot and cleanly take the ram and that it would glorify God and all that stuff. And, and then you missed. And then you missed again. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I think that there's something else you need to learn from this deal. Yeah. I think there's other plans for you. So that wasn't going to be the way that it worked out. You weren't going to get the ram that day with your muzzle loader. And, and so while you guys were heading back and decided to pass on it, I started glassing somewhere else. So I started looking a few miles in the other direction and I see seven sheep come out of this cut and four of those sheep are rams and two of those rams look big. You know, the light isn't that good, but I could tell these are two big body mature rams and they're five miles away from us. You know, there's no chance of getting to them, but it was really exciting to see, okay, here's another opportunity. You know, you may find the ram, the three musketeers ram again, or you might get a chance at these other ones, but I know how it feels and You know, I think that in general, if you hunt and you push yourself physically and you get tired and you get blisters and you've been pounding it for days, it becomes at least as much of a mental game as a physical game. Oh, absolutely. Especially when you're sitting behind that rifle. Oh, absolutely. But once you've missed, if you don't believe in yourself and you start saying, I suck and I can't do this, can't do that, then you've lost. Yep. So I was very proud of your approach to it. And that evening we talked about it. And and anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Big, big turning point for yeah you. and uh <coughs> yeah, it was it was really important to move past that and realize everything that happened is in the past now now at this point you just have to pray that you have another opportunity you know mm-hmm. so the next morning we wake up after get back to camp and my dad packs up his his uh sleeping bag he's like see what i'm doing right now you see, you see? <laughs> i'm putting my sleeping bag away we're gonna be leaving today and you said that, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap. I'm like, I don't know what he's trying to do right now, but he's putting a lot of pressure on me right now. Holy crap. And I don't know if we're going to get another opportunity. But the main thing he was trying to, to put across was you have, you have the skills, you have the confidence to get it done. You're going to get it done. Mm-hmm. So, and at that point, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to get it done. So you know, and we were supposed out. to leave to go out of town. Yeah. So the whole the whole reason why he packed up his stuff is it was I think it was the nineteenth. Um, we were gonna go um, to our cabin. Yeah. Jennifer's last day of school that. was the twentieth. Yeah. <clears throat> we were gonna leave that right after school and go to Greer. Yeah. But at the same time, this is a but, I, but I made time a, I made a very it was a very overt gesture to you saying, "See this? I believe you're gonna get it done today. Today's a new day. Winners don't quit, and quitters don't win." And you're you're putting the muzzleloader away. It's off. We have to deal with that. Here's the, here's this six five two eighty four. Yep. <clears throat> Gun that has killed rifle. many sheep before it. Yep. <laughs> and, many animals before it. I reminded David, you're a good shot. You're a heck of a hunter. You have worked hard. You're gonna get this done today. I have no doubt about it. Yeah. You're gonna get it finished. And don't don't the next the most important shot you take is the next shot yep. you take. Absolutely. It's the same thing in life. And and I told. Do you remember what I told you about? Um, reloading after your first miss about how you should how that should teach you what to do in life yeah, yeah. don't spill the gunpowder it's my new quote now <laughs> what does it mean just compose yourself do not let your emotions you know obstruct and cloud your your um your your, your next opportunity or you know exactly like right so so in life if you get a second chance do not you, blow it you on make your emotions the most of that second chance you yeah. do not you forget about your first failure 
Yeah. If you're focused on your first failure, you're going to have a second failure. If you're focused on that, you're going to have a third failure. Mm-hmm. If you get a second chance in life, you make the most of it. Yep. And you believe in yourself that you're going to make that shot. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you take the time. You go through the same methods. You, you slow down. You focus and you make that next chance. Mm-hmm. A very important one to you because you're going to make it. Right. In life, if you ever screw up, you just relish the next opportunity and you make the most of it. Right. Never looking over your shoulder. Never looking over your shoulder. Rome wasn't built in a day. Rome wasn't built in a day. Chris D'Elia. Yeah. Not exactly a father figure. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. So so we packed yeah. up. You take the rifle. Yeah. So we, we ended up. Out. Yeah, we packed up, took, took the rifle and headed out. But again, the the whole deal Dad was talking about just now is totally reminds me of what tennis is like. Tennis you know, is so mental. Especially if, if you're playing singles, stuff like that. Because, you know, Jen and I, I <laughs> played tennis in high school, so did Jen, so does Jen. Mm-hmm. If you focus on your last shot that you missed and, and, and you're only focusing on that, you're going to miss your next shot. Yeah, you, our coach says um, ten, tennis players need short-term memory. Yeah, you need short-term short memory. Bad players. short-term memory. Yeah, baseball players are the same way. You have to forget about your last <laughs> failure and capitalize on the next opportunity. So... And that, there's so many times, yep. especially like when I'm shooting a gun or when I'm serving for tennis, um, a lot of times it's to serve because that you get a lot of time to yep. prepare yourself. Um, if I'm serving and I fault and I get a second serve, there's a lot of times where I can sense in my head that I'm going to double fault. Do you get that? Oh, absolutely. Where it's kind of like you're in your head and you'll get, you'll take a second and you'll back off, you'll bounce the ball. Sometimes you can wipe it out of your mind, but sometimes like it's there, and you're like, sometimes you just need to double fault and clear your mind and be like, all right, new point, new thing. Um, and there's also sometimes when I'm dry firing and I can sense that I'm gonna flinch. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, wipe your head of it. Yeah. Like, it's take a second. Mental. It's breathe, all mental. Breathe. Get back in. Get back behind the gun. And there's sometimes where I just can't get out of my head, and I'm like, all right, dry fire. Okay, you're done. You're mm-hmm. good. And then get back on it. Um, but it's mental, and that's a lot of times you're in your head, and you just need to think about the animal that's in front of you. Um, and obviously when you're dry finding it's a different thing, but when it's active and it's a live round, you just need to think about the animals in front of you, the opportunity that you have, um, and the, like, you just need to focus and bring down on it. Mm-hmm. And guys, it's the same thing for everything in life, whether it's an exam, whether it's a relationship, a marriage, uh, a do an, an interaction with an employer, employee or whatever. Take your time. If you're under pressure, take your time, slow it down, take a deep breath, <clears throat> make the best of your opportunity. Mm-hmm. And don't ever dwell on your failures because they'll define you. Mm -hmm. Winners don't dwell on their failures. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So, um, from there, we ended up going to to the same spot where we we, we missed the Musketeer Ram. So, um, at that point, our goal... To look for the other Rams. Yeah, that as well. But the very beginning of the day, the morning, we were supposed to look around that mountain complex to make sure he didn't leave the country. And if we, if obviously we could put another shot on him, we were going to do that. Um, but meanwhile, my dad went up on the same, you went on the same knob, right? right? Same knob. And he was looking for the Rams that were, that he saw um, miles out night. at the end of the night. But at the same time, he was, you were also looking for the Musketeer right. Ram in the close country. <coughs> so Matt and I were driving around this mountain complex. and Well, first you went in and didn't find him. Yeah, yeah. You spent an hour or so, didn't see him. It didn't see him. And Matt and I, we're driving around this mountain complex, and he gets out of the, um, of the yeah of no of the of his truck and oh. gets up on the side of this um, this like bank this sand bank. And he's glassing, you know, back into the country, and then he gets out. It's like he, just, he starts walking back, and then he, all of a sudden he gets down on one knee and he's like like 
looking at the ground. I'm is like, he going to propose? I'm like, is he going to propose <laughs> to the mountain? <laughs> yeah. yeah like, fact, oh, my God. I think this is what Matt said I have it on here. I wish I knew how to quit you. I knew. I wish I knew how to quit you. He's from Brokeback Broke Mountain. Brokeback Mountain, which I'm, Sorry, pretty, man. I'm pretty sure he's actually in that. <laughs> Wasn't that about sheep herders? Yeah. I never saw the movie. It's not exactly my uh, cup of tea. It's all coming together now. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So yeah. Matt's down on one knee. Yeah, he's down on one knee. He's got a rose. And, you know, I, I initially thought he was going <coughs> to pick up, like, some rock or something or some quartz thing. And throw there. it at you and freak yeah, out about the yeah, mess. Yeah, because there's a lot of beef there. But, no, usually he, <laughs> he gets it for his kids or something. And uh, so I didn't think much of it. And then he, he keeps, like, following it, like, looking down. I'm like, what the heck? He's like, David, Ram Tracks, Lone Ram Tracks. This could be... The Musketeer Ram, because the Musketeer Ram was way bigger in body size than the other Rams, and like there, there was a very good chance that it was the Rams tracks. And turns out it was the Rams tracks, it was the Musketeer Rams tracks. So he's like, "All right, Dave," or so you assume. So we assume, allegedly, quote unquote. Just asking for a friend. But anyway, Matt told me <laughs> we could, at this point, track the Rams, track the Ram. And follow where it went, or we and, could go. And you're thinking you're nuts. That yeah. could have been the middle of the night or no, before I'm, I'm like, absolutely, sundown. Yeah, I'm yeah. not gonna go walk 20 yeah, miles. Exactly. Like and if this is the last <coughs> day, there's no way in heck we're gonna follow these Ram tracks because it could be in a different unit by now. Who knows? Or we could go after the Rams that my dad saw. I'm like, all right, let's go back to where uh, my dad's Rams were. Yeah, so we talked we about this that. the night before, and you guys, the plan was to go up this one drainage to try to get to the nearest water. Basic, basically where there was a water tank near where those sheep were seen. Mm-hmm. And I was going to stay up there and look. And I'd seen some of those rams. I'd seen a bunch of the ewes. I didn't see the mature rams I'd seen the night before, but I knew where they were. And <clears throat> you guys kind of headed off into there. Yeah. And Matt told me, uh, you know, look look for that ram in case the one that left the complex. Right. The three musketeers rams. So you guys take off, and I leave that spot to get closer to where I'd seen the rams, you know, that same day. So Right. Yeah, so uh, we ended up, you know, driving back to where where uh, we could, like, go on foot to, like, get close to, to the rams that my dad saw. We were walking in there, and there were, ram- there were sheep everywhere. It was crazy because, like, after a long time of not seeing sheep, there were sheep everywhere now. We saw rams, like, all around us. So, um, And this was a much better day than no wind. A much better day, you know, at, and, and especially after they've been down low, like, with little, little activity, they want to be up you know, feeding around. Um, so Matt and I stopped in class a couple spots, and then after a while we located another group of rams that was, you know, I think it was to the east of where of where you ended up finding those rams the day before. So we ended up moving in that general f- vicinity in that direction with the, with the end goal of getting close to those rams that we saw. And uh, as, as we kept walking, we ended up taking a break, taking a water break, and, you know, took our packs off, rested, and you really crickets right now? Well, no, that was ahead. an actual cricket. Well, <laughs> <Go>. <laughs> <laughs> actual cricket. I, God's telling me something now. Maybe I'm yeah, he's telling you should speed up. Come on. Okay, thanks, Joe. Anyway, we ended up getting our pack back on, and Matt threw up his binos, like like his 10 binos, his low-power binos, and we're at the bottom of his wash. He's looking through all this really thick stuff, and he sees a freaking giant ram, like, a mile away, a mile, two miles away. He's like stud ram right now. So again, we we unload our stuff. He gets his um, 
his his spotter out and he, and he locates the ramp. He's like, that's a stud. Did Dave. you try and move closer first or so drop right I, there? Yeah, well, he, he, he dropped just, just to like make sure he wasn't hallucinating that mm-hmm. there was a ram there. And uh, we ended up packing. He's like, all right, Dave, we got to haul butt to get close to like actually get a better look at him. So we hauled, buck, hauled butt up the wash, got within probably 1,000 yards of where we last saw him, and we couldn't find the ram. We're like, where the heck is this ram? We were there for probably 30, 45 minutes, and we're looking around. And we couldn't find the ram. I'm like, what the heck? So I told Matt, like, Matt, should one of us, like, go and look from a different angle to try to find the ram? Because it could be hiding behind another crevice or something. So Matt goes up on the knob, looks around. And, I, and at, the, at this point, I'm, like, dissecting the, the mountainside, just making sure I didn't miss anything. With your binos. With my binos. No, he's up there with the sky. Yeah, yeah. I'm, no, I'm, like, yeah, I'm, out, I'm out there not with, under with, here. with the sky. Well, people in the, the, the listeners can't see hand gestures right. as he mimics binoculars. Go ahead. And, uh. <clears throat> uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking around this whole thing, and all of a sudden, Matt Matt's like whistling to me. He's like, Dave, Dave, let's go, let's go. It wasn't really. Yeah, yeah. Matt does a lot of that. It's creepy. Uh, Creeper. It was go weird. Ahead. It was weird. Dude. Did you think it was a bird for like an hour at first? And then. <laughs> well, I was actually at mid nap, and I was like, dude, what is that weird buzzing sound? Oh, dude, it's Matt talking. Did you know, like, my, our first sheep hunt, this the guy Dustin went up on the mountain behind us, and he was like, wh- and he had found rams, and he was whistling at us. And Jim comes into our we tent. We were just rolling out we of bed. Kind of, yeah, we were like still kind of waking up. And we're like, well, Jim comes into our tent, like we're, he's filming, and he's like, "Hey, do you guys hear that weird bird outside?" We're like, "Yeah, what is that?" I was like, "Dude, are you sure that's not somebody whistling?" <laughs> no, I'm like, it sounds like not a bird. So there's somebody whistling. And then uh. Dusty comes out. He's like, "Didn't you hear me?" And we're like, "That was you." <laughs> so funny. We're like, "Cuckoo!" A bunch of morons. Yeah, but anyway, go on. So he whistles at you, gets your attention. <coughs> yeah, anyway, so we left. Matt was whistling at you, the creeper. Yeah. You guys are, he's on one knee with Rose. Go. Yeah, it was great. He was all dressed <laughs> up. Hey, the bachelor started tonight, so. <laughs> he's all dressed up. Yeah, he's all dressed up in this, like, Kuyu bikini, dude. Oh, it's he so creepy. He is sponsored, though. Thing. I mean, it's weird. But anyway, yeah. he's whistling. Those fishnet bikinis cut down so yeah. much on body heat. Yeah, that's true, and it blends in. Okay, can we just... <laughs> Wow. I mean, I just can't get the vision out of my head at this point. Dude, right, open whatever. your eyes. You're creeping me out. Oh, shit. So, end up, ended up, like, I, I packed up all my stuff and met up with Matt. And Matt's, like, like Matt, Matt's the same as me. Like, like our adrenaline is both, like, like, we, like at, we, we are both, like, really affected by our, our adrenaline. And he's out of breath. And we're all, like, he's excited. He's like, David. He's like a little kid. Yeah. But, but at the same time, he's a freaking killer. I think Matt said this. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. <laughs> yeah, because he was severe. Mormon. <laughs> 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 and then after that, he's like, he's all hopped up and he's gone. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he also said this. It's the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, Matt has gotten out Airplane. of rehab, but several <laughs> times in and out. Hey, he had a chance to be in this podcast. We're slandering him. <laughs> yeah, 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 we're only slandering because he's not here. So... Right, because if he was here, he wouldn't be saying any of this. Oh, yeah, not at all. But anyway, meet up with him, and, and we're, like he's all like excited. He's like, Dave, if you had the opportunity to shoot the musketeer ram that you missed yesterday with this random big ram that we just saw, which ram would you shoot? I'm like, dude, I'm going to shoot this ram right now. We're going to leave today. We're going to shoot this ram. And he's like, Dave, tell me what you feel <laughs> in your heart. <laughs> He's like, which ram would you shoot? The musketeer ram or this ram? I'm like, dude, we're gonna shoot this ram. He's like, Dave, this is the freaking musketeer ram. Well, he didn't. He didn't have the name, but he's like, this is the same ram from yesterday. 
David yes. already told him at this point. Oh, you yes. did? Yes. You didn't tell me that. Jen, yes. Thanks for ruining the punchline. Dope. I didn't ruin the punchline. <laughs> yes, you did. Just go. Come on. But it doesn't change anything. Go. Anyway, I'm like, holy crap. But he was right. In my freaking heart, I wanted redemption on that musketeer ramp because my failure made me feel like crap for like the last day. So as soon as he said that, I'm like, holy crap. Like all my prayers are answered. Holy crap. Like I'm like then instantly like flick, flick of a switch, my adrenaline's through the roof and I'm getting all these weird like mixed emotions like where I'm like super nervous but super excited at the same time. Like freaking like, like holy crap. I, I have to deliver now, you know? Pressure's on. So we move up to 400 yards and we're on this like, this like hill with like a bunch of really sharp boulders and stuff and we're trying to get um, to a spot where we could shoot prone uphill um, towards the ramp. So, how <laughs> far was he from you guys at this? Four hundred yards. I said oh, that. Sorry. So, that we're all. I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> we're all like, so Matt, <laughs> Matt and I are super like energized, super like excited, but at the same time we're just a train wreck <coughs> trying to be so quiet, and like we're all like, you know, trying to find a way to, sh- to be comfortable shooting up four hundred yards. And we ended up like you know making all these work contraptions, trying to make yeah, but you're, to shoot the mountain you were on was just full of big lava rocks. Oh, dude, it was like it was big boulders. So hard to be comfortable on that side. They're all rounded. There was not a flat surface there. Not that at was all. Tough. Not at all. So we ended up getting getting situated. Sure enough, the ram was was there, and he, the, like you you could tell just by the horns that that was the same ram, but he was also spooked. Like you could tell that he went through some stuff yesterday. Yeah, named you and Matt. <laughs> <laughs> he'd sensed evil yeah, and he'd you guys sensed evil but uh, he was hiding behind stuff and 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 I, I, I did the same thing that, that dad told me I got all situated my adrenaline was probably like the most insane it has ever been on a hunt ever and I, I, I took a bullet out and it was um, dry firing and I dry fired I'm not even kidding probably upwards of 30 times and I got to the point where and I was And for people that are listening and don't know what we're talking about, that's, you're sitting there, you've got the crosshairs on him. And I'm, and I'm like, practicing shooting him. And you're just watching the crosshairs not move at all. Yep, and I'm, like, breathing. I'm With just no controlling my breathing. Chamber. And just trying to be, like, like, a sniper, dude. Just trying to get it done. <coughs> and uh, so after a while, he steps out on the, on the big log. I mean, on, the, on, on a big boulder. And, and I'm like, all right, here we go. Go time. So what was he doing before that? Just hiding behind stuff or like laying down or? Yeah, he was hiding stuff. He was he really was just, when he bedded stuff. down, he's where they couldn't see him, but he was spooked. So he yeah, he was, was spooked. Hiding. So he was clearly hiding. And that was probably why, because all the other rams were like, you know, out and about and feeding, but he was hiding behind Palo Verdes. And, but after a while, you know, me practicing and just calling my nerves down, flipped off, I put around the chamber, flipped off the safety, just like that, flip of the switch, my adrenaline's on again. And uh, the big the musketeer ram stands up on on a big boulder. He's all like, you know, flexing his horns triumphantly. Slowly squeezes the trigger. <laughs> the ram drops right there, dude. So and funny. I just jumped up, <laughs> high five. Like Matt and I are just freaking jumping out to the high five and and like, oh, top of the world. And I felt so bad because dad couldn't be there, but he was out glassing like a, a different spot. But yeah, man. <laughs> but, I, but again, I feel bad about that whole thing. How dad wasn't there. No, that's but, the way it goes, man. But but then again, we had a very short time, and with that time crunch, we had to get it done at that time, and that was the only opportunity we had. So, yeah. um, but and man, that we didn't know he was gonna give you a fifth one. Yeah, exactly. And like the whole way that that this ram has been a part of our hunt from the day I passed him up 
in a spot that we heard about. And, uh, and then you couldn't find him. We, then we couldn't find him. And then we found him again. And I ended up missing him twice, feeling horrible. Like probably like the, the most embarrassed I've, like, I've ever felt. Your low missing. point. Yep. Yep, the lowest point I've ever been in my hunting you know, career or whatever. Mm-hmm. Missed him twice. Then you wisely passed him. Wisely passed him. And then we found his tracks. Five miles from his tracks was where we found him ultimately you know mm-hmm. what like that is the most like clear like you know god said thing yeah. that i've ever like felt and and i remember talking to dad on the way back like you know hunting is not just a physical thing it's also a mental thing but a lot of people don't realize it's really a spiritual journey as well like, yeah you're out there in middle of nowhere yeah yes but no i mean you see like all that, these signs you know no, no, that yeah yeah exactly but like there, hunting is a really great place to reflect, and as Dad said before, hunting is a microcosm for life. Like, there are so many lessons that you learn out on the mountains or in the field that it's kind of hard to learn anywhere else. Like, in what other, you know, way of life can you like learn about fa- learn about failure in such a like visceral and extreme like way like that? You know, mm-hmm. so I learned so much from that hunt, and we ended up going up and you know, taking pictures with the ram and, like, hold, and when I held him up, man, like, man, it was, like, it was, like, I was getting emotional about it, but, like, man, it it was just, the ram was way bigger than I thought, and just, like, all of that commitment and sacrifice we put in and all the, you know, hardship of, you know, missing and feeling horrible, but that redemption makes, oh, man, like, like, you cannot top it at all, mm-hmm. and that's what people kind of fall in love with, like, sheep hunting, like, it's it's so physically demanding, but it's also mentally demanding. You want to you know make sure you're you know you're composed, but at the same time, it's spiritually uh, area of growth as well. So yeah, but it was a great deal. Awesome ram, just under fifteen inch bases, yep. and um, he scored one sixty seven. Yeah, just right 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 at Boone and Crockett. Yeah, big a beautiful ram. ram, and yeah, man, and Matt did. Great, yeah. and you did great. Yeah, and it was we had, just an awesome experience. I ended up measuring how many miles we did with like our packs. It was like sixty-five miles or something over the course of eight nine days. Wow, but crazy man, not easy miles either. Mm-mm. No, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. I got the full experience. That is for sure. Well, that's what mm-hmm. you wanted, my friend. And that's what I wish for. <laughs> that's what you God, asked God for. granted yeah, me that gift, got. the full and, experience. And after you got the ram, you were just. <laughs> 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 Dr. Raw. Evil creepy laugh, right? Right. No, that was awesome. Great no, experience. Yeah, it was and awesome. Once in a lifetime, that's it. You're done. I'm done sheep You're hunting. You're done desert sheep hunting done desert in Arizona. Sheep. I mean, you might get a tag somewhere else at some point, but you've gotten doll sheep in Northwest Territories. You're halfway Half to your Grand Finaz or Grand Slam, and um, awesome. Yep. Very proud of you, buddy. Thanks, man. Awesome job. It was an awesome deal. Awesome job. And <laughs> shout out to Matt and... Uh, yeah. Randy helped too, uh, a little bit, and and so Jason, Jason Marsala. So yeah, Jason Marsala, yeah. it was awesome. It's an so awesome deal. Thanks for sharing your story, <clears throat> bud. Yes, sir. Of course, wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah, once in a lifetime, bro. It's one for the books. Literally. For sure. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for being a guest of my podcast, bro. <laughs> um, of glad to have you back for another couple of days. Go home soon. I guess you Weeks. are home. Go you back to college soon. Um. And yeah, you know, second semester is just starting for me. 
starting for you soon. Um, yeah, I got to grind it out. You're um, sophomore. I'm a senior. Yeah. Yep. It's going to be a fun time. All right. Well. Happy New Year. Yes. Happy, happy New, New Year. Year. Happy 2020. 2020. Crazy. I was writing down my date today, and I actually didn't mess it up. But you wrote, you wrote the wrong year? No, I keep I kept writing like almost 1120, but it was 1620. Oh. Yeah. But I didn't write the wrong year. Um, but yeah. Do you want to call Matt or we're just... No, no, we're not doing that. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for coming on my podcast, bro, and sharing your sheep hunt. I've heard that story a couple of times, um, but it's always good to hear it. You know, it's always fun to have some that story like that to share, you know. Yeah. Mine's a solid, like, 10-minute story. So having a story where you worked hard and, like, hiked your butt off, mm-hmm. went through the ups and downs and um, had, like, that sign from God, you know, like, he was over there. You saw his tracks. You know the whole story, the whole journey is just, um, just once in a lifetime. You know, and something you'll never experience the same way again. And it's something you'll get to share forever. So, yep, truly yes. was a once in a lifetime deal. So sucks you won't be able to share it to everyone at the Sheep Show, but yeah, I'll well, try and do. We'll try and do our part and share it to others. Podcast. You can listen, listen to the, the podcast. podcast. Um, yeah, we'll miss you here at Sheep Show, bro. Yeah. Um, but thank you guys for listening. Um, please subscribe. Um, let me know if you want me to do anything, um, and reach out to me. I love hearing from you guys. But it's important for you, please, to subscribe, leave a review, leave a rating. It helps people find the podcast. We're very grateful for the loyal listeners, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's fun yeah. sharing these stories, so and we appreciate you guys so much for listening. And and please, um, if you haven't written a review or or given us a rating, please do that. Yeah, kind of curse break off, but we're back. Um, I'm starting up again all right well thank you guys for listening and um thank you for coming on here dave uh, miss you when you go back to college bro Peace. Hasta la vista, baby all right um Peace. well you know life is short and so am i and i'm trying to make the most out of every day and i hope that you guys do too i hope you all have a great journey and you make it an epic one well you better know the bottom if you want to be a climber Cause there's always another one a little bit higher Just when I think I'm finally done I'm staring at another one So I reach down deep and I lace them up tighter It was only a mountain Nothing but a big old rock Only a mountain Stop. It just took a little step, a right then a left, then a couple million more who's